You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel, and today I have a lovely guest named Tamiko Clark, who is a holistic nutritionist, and she's going to share with us some tips for all the busy parents that are listening and how to have a healthy mindset for ourselves and our family. So I am delighted to be talking to you, Tamiko, today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely excited to be here. Yes, and and before we started recording, we realized that we actually live close to each other, so that's fun. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, I always like to start with a question that um, lets us all ponder on this, and that is, what is your definition of the art of parenting? Sure. Yeah. My definition of the art of parenting is really the difference between caregiving and intentionally raising future citizens of the world. I firmly believe that it's a combination of pouring into them unconditional love and dedication and support, but doing that without losing our sense of self or our own identity And then also balancing that with empowering and equipping them with enough structure, security, exposure, and example that doesn't hold them back from finding their own identity. Yes, wonderful. It it is such a balance between living, living our lives and letting them live their lives, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. Yes, wonderful. And and I would love if you could give us a little bit of your story, kind of how you got to do the work that you're doing today, and, um, and such. Absolutely. So I originally came from the corporate world. I did that for about 10 years. And then even further back before that, I was a junk food raised kid. Um, I grew up during a time where it was kind of the, the peak of the convenience foods and fast foods. And my mom was a single parent working full time raising two kids and wasn't really big on cooking. And so we eat a lot of the TV dinners and we frequented the drive throughs and eat a lot of convenience foods and packaged foods, which as a, as a child, I was delighted by that type of a childhood. Um, but as I got a little bit older, it started to catch up with me. And because I didn't have exposure to healthy living or even um, 
talk of healthy eating. If anything, it was kind of healthy eating was for the birds. It wasn't really something that was part of my culture growing up. And so once I got a little bit older, it started to catch up with me and I wasn't feeling like my best self, but because I didn't know about the correlations between our healthy lifestyle and healthy choices and the way that we feel, all I really knew was that the only time that people during that time, because this was also the peak of diet culture and uh, the shake for breakfast, shake for lunch. And so the only time that people really were eating healthy was because they wanted to lose weight. And so I didn't know that it had other impacts on how we feel and being our optimal best selves until I walked into a health and wellness clinic one day and thought something was wrong with me. And the nurse practitioner looked at me very plainly and let me know that, well, change your lifestyle and change the way that you feel. And that was a huge eye opener for me because I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so I spent several years kind of trying to figure out how to be healthy and what that really meant. And eventually I figured it out. And when I had my first child, um, that's when it really lit a fire under me and I figured out how to do it without being on a roller coaster of falling on off the wet health wagon and, you know, doing really good. And I was able to just figure out how to do it on a consistent basis because now I had new intention. I wanted to set my son up for with the best foundation so that he didn't have to struggle with this. And my favorite full circle moment was when I was at a birthday party with my son and they were handing out cake and they got to him and he politely declined and said, um, no, thank you. And then he looked over at me behind him and said, Hey mom, can I get some strawberries? And I said, absolutely. And so you you know, he quickly got up from the table and came back with this big bowl of overflowing strawberries and was devouring them. And there was a mom standing next to me that saw this entire exchange and she was just awestruck. And she had shared with me how that was something that she originally wanted to do um, with her children. But And she did well at first, but then it just became too challenging and too hard. And so she just gave up. And that was really the moment that I knew at some point I wanted to be able to help other moms live a healthy lifestyle that feels aligned with who they are, but that also sets the example for their children. Right. And what a beautiful endeavor, because it's so true that what we model to our children will be, you know, will be what they grow up with. So I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, I am just kind of, you know, the the what you described as the junk food, like how you were raised, I'm just, I'm just perplexed, like, oh, my gosh, that is really a reality. And, and I don't, I don't mean this in a, in, you know, in a, in a, like making fun or anything. But I, I have a completely different upbringing where, you know, I was raised uh, mostly in Europe, which is very different in the way that we, we even handle food, right? That it's, and, and, and just the, the traditions and we, you know, we sit down for meals together every day. Like that's, that's not, that's just a given. That's not, it's not something we strive for. It just happens. Um, so it, it's interesting how your, you know, your basically your personal health 
got you on this journey and and thank goodness for that because now you're able to help um all the parents right which is great absolutely yeah yeah so what would you like what would be your first go-to um I don't know, tip for, for, you know, a parent that is listening that knows that they can do better and that they want to do better, but they they just don't know where to start. Well, I would say that the, my biggest tip really is, goes back to what one of the biggest mistakes is that we make. And I know this is something that put a lot of years onto my wellness journey because uh, it's really a, a common mistake that people make when they first start out is taking on too much too soon and where there you get this spark of adrenaline and you're super excited that okay I, I gotta get healthy I gotta get healthy and so what we'll do sometimes is like, okay, I've got to get all of these ingredients for smoothies and I'm going to get eat all the salads and I'm going to buy all of these, you know, different things. And I'm going to follow this regimented diet and that's how I'm going to get healthy and just kind of throwing everything at this, their health journey. And the trouble with that is it'll get you started in the very beginning and have you developing habits a little bit, but then eventually you get to a point where you burn out and it feels too hard. And you, and what I see so often is we'll internalize that and think that, oh, I must not have the self-control or I lack the discipline, or I just, I'm not motivated enough to keep up with this. But really it's, we set ourselves up for failure when we take on too much too fast. And so my biggest tip is starting small and starting where you are and thinking about what's one habit that I'd like to build or what's one habit that I'd like to bust. So for me, I, during the time when I was a junk food junkie, I could drink an entire two liter of soda in a day and probably even want more after that. And so that was one of the areas when I finally realized that I couldn't try to do everything. I would just start with, okay, I'm going to drink less soda for a week. And then the next week I would focus on um, incorporating more water. And so it would just be one glass of water because I wasn't drinking any water at all at that time. And then just kind of figuring out where where you are and then what are some baby steps to help you just work focus on developing the habit first and then you can layer in other habits wow that's yes so that that's um uh a lot to to be thinking about because i i was you know when when i asked that question i was thought okay you know we're gonna buy some ingredients and all <laughs> this but it, it's true what you're saying is that if we've we've you know been conditioned to like like you drinking you know two two liters of soda it's like how do we how do we stop that um and uh wow so so start small so either bust a habit or create a new one can you do the and you could probably do the two at the same time right like lower your soda intake and have a glass of water exactly yes right um and then once you've you've kind of you know done away with some of the maybe more you know I kind of want to say toxic habits when you've when you've done away with those what how do you stay consistent 
in having healthy choices available to you always? Yeah. So one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to pursue being a holistic nutritionist as opposed opposed to just focusing on nutrition and dietetics was because I holistic health and wellness looks at the the whole self and each individual and because each person is different things are going to impact them in a different way. And so being able to figure out like what's right for your body, but then also looking at our health from a mental, physical, and energetic perspective. And so one of the biggest reasons that we're not able to stick with things is because we don't start with the mindset because sometimes people feel, oh, it's too woo woo. I don't want to look at, I don't, I don't need to make any mindset shifts, but really that's where it starts and figuring out what is whole, what is really going on. And so for me, I had a lot of fond memories that were tied with, you know, eating certain foods. I can remember you know, cuddling up with my mom on the couch, watching old black and white movies, eating red vines and really cheesy popcorn. And, or when we would do groceries, go, or not grocery stores, when we would do um, laundry, we would eat um, the beef jerky and potato chips. And so it would have, I would have these attachments that were tied to memories. And so what I needed to do was focus, kind of shift to what, new memories can like attach or just incorporating other food items. And for others, there is, and this is probably the biggest thing, and that is we oftentimes, because of food choices being tied with weight loss, uh, we can tie our food choices with our self-worth and our self-image. And those things should not be linked together. And so one of the biggest mindset shifts that we can make that's going to help us with staying the course is disentangling those things that our food choices have no, they do not dictate our self-worth, our self-image. And once we disentangle those, when we do make a choice that is less than healthy, we're not going to feel like a failure and say, well, I failed, I failed, this isn't for me, I might as well just keep going with my previous habits. And that's why it's really starting with our our mental, what are the stories and the narratives that we're telling ourselves that are having us quit too soon. Right, right, which is which is true with with any habit, really, when you, you know, when you want to exercise or, or, you know, read more or whatever, whatever it is, it's true that it's about, uh, the, the, the attachments that you have to that. That is, that is fascinating. And, and, and I like the way you describe that, that emotional attachment that we have with food, even, you know, if, if eating a a bunch of red vines is, is not the, the healthiest choice, it it's it's linked to this very strong emotional memory. 
right? And so you you talk, you know, about wanting to help uh, busy parents and, and more specifically busy moms to to kind of regain this this ownership of of staying healthy, and at the same time being that role model for for their children, right? Because I think that sometimes we get into this dynamic, or at least I've seen this with with families that I work with, is that they make a, a meal for the children and then they have their their kind of healthy meals, right? And it's it's because, oh no, my you know, my child only eats pasta, so I'm only gonna make pasta and not not even bothering to offer you know, other, other choices. So how do you, how do you help that kind of change that dynamic so that it is just one healthy family meal? Absolutely. And, and not to sound like a broken record, but it does go back to mindset and starting out with what is your intention? Why are you as an individual eating healthy? And what type of, and thinking about what type of food relationship do you want to create for your children? And because often when we do start out on healthy eating because we want to lose weight or because the doctor said we need to, because whatever health metrics are going on or going up, um, if that's definitely an objective and a goal, weight loss or getting our blood pressure better or A1C down or whatever that is, those are objective goals, but we have to have something that is deeper than that. We have to have a reason for living a healthy lifestyle that goes beyond achieving an objective. And so, and that's why for me, what really lit a fire for me was raising my kids and thinking about how is this going to impact them in the long run and you know, how can I set that right foundation? And so whatever that is for each individual, figuring out what's the big intrinsic thing that is going to, you know, help drive them to sticking with it. And the reason that that's so important is because it makes it a lot easier when you do have those curveballs at the family dinner table. It, it makes it a lot easier for you to stand your ground. And because you're thinking of the high stakes that are, are there, and it's not about just, okay, as a parent, I'm supposed to enforce vegetable eating, you know, it's coming from a deeper place. And so because the reason that we kind of um, weaken on that stance when it's focused on like, okay, well, as a parent, I'm supposed to have my kids eat vegetables. There's something that doesn't, that there's a disconnect there. And that's why we'll kind of keep it's because that deeper meaning isn't really there. Um, but from a practical standpoint, what I would say, and this is also helps with as adults to keep consistent with our habits is making sure that the environment that we set um, and that we have mostly healthy options, if not all healthy options available in the house. And with our kids, that it becomes a conversation that we're having with them and that it's not something that we're doing to them and getting them involved, um, whether that's, you know, how, if you're able to grow food in the backyard 
having them do that activity with you and talking to them and having a conversation, or if it's them helping you pick out ingredients at the grocery store or helping you with one part of preparing the dinner. And when you're sitting down at the dinner table, having conversations with them about you know, whoa, we're eating this broccoli. And did you know that broccoli has more vitamin C in it than an orange or a glass of orange juice? And this vitamin C is going to help build up your immune army army that keeps you from, you know, getting sick as often or helps you recover from being sick and, you know, giving them a whiff on what's in it for me, or, you know, these high in protein or fiber items are giving you lots of energy so you can run really fast and, you know, what the stakes are for that kid and just making it become part of your family culture and not about, all right, kid, this is what you need to eat. Right. Yes. And and that is all music to my ears because I'm a big, big advocate for involving children in all of the food preparation, you know, from, from as early as possible, because for one, it just, it eliminates this whole, you know, for me, I, I feel like, you know, picky eating and all this because they're, they're part of it. They're part of the creation. So they're, 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 you know, they have, they've been involved. Um, and, and, you know, when you say the environment, it, it's, it's true. Like for, for me, this is, you know, and it, and it's so, uh, it's kind of the extreme of what you've experienced, but, um, I basically have never brought in soda into my house. So there, there just isn't that choice. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, um, I, I was thinking of, of, of you growing up, but it's like that, that was, you know, that was, I think also my upbringing, because like I said, you know, having grown up in Europe, it's just, it's just not part of it. I mean, it's like, you might have a, you know, you might have a soda on Sunday because it's a special day or something, but that was like, it, it was, you know, like that there was a special occasion, but, uh, and so, so for me, it, it was always about the environment, right? It's, it's what you're choosing to put in your refrigerator. It's what you're choosing to put in your cupboards, right? Because I have parents that, that, you know, tell me or complain that their child is eating, you know, too many junk food or cookies. And I said, well, why are you even buying them? Like, don't, don't even let them enter your home that, you know, they'll, they'll have, they'll have an occasion at that birthday party, just like your son, you know, had, had the choice and he chose not to. So the environment is, is definitely um, very important. And so when you, when you, um, coach moms, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you, you coach more moms. Um, what, like, what kind of a program do you, do you put them on? Because you talk a lot about the, the mindset and all that. So are there like some mindset exercises that, that, you know, we would go through first and then kind of look at what is in our cupboards and our refrigerator and so forth? Yeah, so I break it down into three different areas. And one, it's starting with, you know, getting your mind right. And then what I like to um, say is get the vibe right. 
And, and so that's creating the right um, physical environment that we just talked about, but then also our self-care, our internal environment, and that we're incorporating some form of self-care. And so we'll kind of look at uh, what your personal wellness menu, self-care menu needs to look like, because it's going to be different for everyone. And um, and making sure we're making that shift uh, that self-care isn't selfish and that it's really a requirement. And so we, once we figure, start with getting their mind right, uh, we, where we figure out what are the things that are holding them back or what are the mindset shifts that need to be have, um, had, then we do the vibe and that's, um, where we will go through the pantry and look at what's there and we'll just kind of go over, do a high level uh, overview of what's going on in there. And we'll just kind of talk about the different things and some education on label reading and, uh, and then just really having a conversation about what do you thinking about the grand scheme of things, what things do you want to keep in your pantry and in your refrigerator and we'll break those things down. And then, as I mentioned, the self-care portion where we'll put together a self-care menu and figuring out how to incorporate that into the day-to-day. And then the third part is focusing on a meal strategy versus meal planning. Meal planning has its place and that can be a tactic that you have, but really focusing on a meal strategy help where you have, if you can imagine a toolbox or your arsenal of different tools and tactics that you can pull from on the fly. Because the other thing that I hear the most often is, well, it's hard for me to keep up with this because I'm always on the go. I'm always so busy. Our schedule's so full. And so we'll, we'll do well. But then, you know, as I'm taking chauffeuring kids from this extracurricular to the next one, all that we end up having time for is heading up the drive through or ordering a pizza because it's just easier. And so your life is unlikely to get unbusy anytime soon. So if you have these predetermined tactics and strategies that are at your your fingertips that you know that you can pull on for the life that you're living today, that makes it a lot easier for when life throws you a curveball. Okay, well, I have a game plan for that. And so we sit down and create different scenario game plans that they can just pull from on the fly. Right, right. I like that, that uh, what you talk about strategy versus planning, because we can always plan, but, (laughs) but like, if you say, you know, there's a curveball, it's like, well, our plan goes down, down the drain. So or even if you just forget to, or you run out of time to even make that plan, then what do you do? (laughs) Right, right. So but it's it, it does involve, I would assume, some kind of meal planning in the way that you would be, um, I, I, and I'm going to take myself as an example. I, I receive a, a CSA box. So it's a, it's a locally, you know, locally grown fruits and vegetables. And I basically process it right away, right? I'm going to cook things and everything. So in my refrigerator, I have healthy foods that are ready for me to mixed together and I'm, you know, I'm going to have some protein with, with whatever. So is that what you're, what you're talking about when you're saying strategy is like having things ready to go? Yeah. So that is, and that's actually one of my favorite tips is 
when you get your grocery items into the home that you just process them immediately like right away while because if you're already like okay I've you know grabbed my CSA box or I've you know just got back from the grocery store before you sit down and relax that you just go ahead and just kind of keep the momentum going and prepare those items so that you're more inclined to use them and so that's one of the tips for um, staying making it easy and at your fingertips but I focus on in the strategies and tactics that I will have people put together, it's like, okay, what is a meal formula that we can have where based on these staple items that you have that you can pull from? And so things more like that, that what are things that you can do on a fly, on the fly that fit your, your life? And so just different scenarios that come up so kind of the different the different dietary combinations uh yeah so that would be that would be one and and another tactic that could be in your in your toolbox is having um lots of different of having like a kind of like a templated meal plan that you can update as as needed or that's easier to update Okay. Okay. And depending on local, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate for seasonal local foods. Yes. And that's a right. great way to get <laughs> the optimal nutrients and the, the foods that you're getting. And you're going to save some money if you're buying seasonally. So Right, right. And that, that again, you know, it's when you when we say that for me, it's just it's just a given. And I think, again, it's it's just the the upbringing or the culture that that we grew up in because I just I just returned from spending some time with my father in France and he lives in a city he lives in Paris but three times a week three times a week there is a farmer's market right you know a block away from his house and it's just been going on for years and years and it's it's seasonal I mean it's not always local there are some you know that that have uh, imported foods, but for most part, it's it's really seasonal. Like every time I go, it changes, and and to me that that makes it so much more available for families. And you see families with their children, and everybody's you know talking and looking and 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 you know even tasting or whatever, which which I think is just it, I feel like it. This culture, I mean, in the states of you know the, the the fast food industry, the convenience and all that, has made it harder for us to kind of come back to basics. Yes, absolutely, and and really, that's one of the things that I like to tell parents when they're feeling like, oh, this is so hard, and and when they're internalizing it, I like to remind them that it's the cards are stacked up against you. You know, we don't live in a, a food culture that promotes healthy eating. And so there, and that's why it's so important for us to be intentional and strategic um, about it, because when we're not, not setting intentions, then we're just kind of moving with the flow of the river and, and that river is filled with, you know, not so good habits, you know, just from um, one of the things when 
my son was young and I was starting him, you know, on this healthier foundation, I felt like I was like Wonder Woman, like, you know, blocking all of these, you know, just from commercials to books and, um, you know, the cartoons where it's just like, oh, healthy food, you know, and where it's just no good healthy foods, disgusting, and, you know, ooh, eat cupcakes and, you know, all of these things where it's like glorifying these things. And then, and so it's definitely just not the, the, the culture that we live in. And that makes it really hard. But if you set the right intentions, it makes it a lot easier for you to be aware of those things and know what to do about them. Mm-hmm. And when you were when you were uh, talking earlier about involving your children, I, I, also wanted to say that it's important to ask our children how it makes their bodies feel. Yes. You know, because I really think that they are so much more in tune. And and if we can give them that awareness of what feels good and what doesn't feel so good, they will they will innately make healthier choices. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because in the the second phase of my coaching where we work on getting the vibe right, um, that part of that is relearning how to pay attention to our body cues. Because as humans, we actually, you know, to create homeostatic balance, our our body is is giving us cues about what we need. But then when we're kind of overloading them with, you know, our taste buds with sugar or not answering the call of thirst with water, our body eventually just kind of stops sending us those cues or we stop knowing how to pay attention to those things as adults because, as humans, we, we kind of, it kind of comes with the package, you know, where we are getting these cues, but then we lose it as we get older. And so with kids, like you said, they absolutely have that opportunity that they still have that natural ability to pick up on those cues. And it's really important for us to foster that. And I know, um, so for instance, with my son, he has a a sensitivity uh, to eggs. And so he, when he eats, and so occasionally we'll eat things that have eggs in them. Um, but if that's happening too frequently, he'll, we'll kind of talk about it. And we have that conversation. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. I do not like how I've been feeling lately. And that's just so important for us to be aware of that for ourselves and to teach that to our kids, because that helps with the process of raising healthy eaters is if they know that they're aware of how those things make them feel. Right. And and also, I would say, also, um, to go a little further is, I, I, I mean, I think we're, we're, we're stepping away from that, but about the quantity of food that we, I know, I have so many families that are preoccupied that, you know, they think their child isn't eating enough. And I just always say, like, trust your child, your child knows you know, what their body needs and wants and, and so forth. And the same way with uh, just their their nutritional intake, right? I, I remember when my daughter was young, my, my pediatrician had explained that as adults, we have kind of a 24-hour plate of, of nutrition, right, that we need to, to be careful to have. But the that children, it's a seven day. So they might, they might eat a lot of protein on one day because that's what their body is asking for. 
and then, you know, only green the next day. And it's not that they're not eating enough. They're just uh, listening to their body's needs. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that's one of the things that's really challenging, especially for new parents, is kind of figuring out that balance of, you know, taking the wisdom from, you know, the way that they were raised and listening to, you know, their, you know, parental intuition and allowing their their kids and following their their kids' lead about when they're full enough. And I remember when my both of my kids when they were babies, just where that was a little bit of a challenge with, you know, me and my mom, where she felt like I wasn't feeding, you know, my my babies enough because I'm like, oh well, she's not hungry right now. So I'm going to stop. And she's like, no, you gotta make her eat. <laughs> and so um, but I'm like, ah, I don't know, because it was a conversation that I had with my pediatrician. And so and a lot of things that like I read about and learned that yeah, you're right. Like they're going to eat enough for, you know, what's right for them and what their body is needing. And then as they get older, also not enforcing the clean plate club and allowing them to stop when they're no longer hungry and their tummy is full enough. I like that clean plate club. I was part of that one. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. Lots or, of applause just, and fanfare. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Or even, you know, even like guilt tripped about children that were starving. I was like, Okay. Well, yes, yes. There are starving <laughs> children out there. You need to finish all of your food. Yes, I heard that. And so it was much. like, well, give them my food. <laughs> you know, that's what I would say. I'm not hungry. Give them my food. Yeah. No. And it. And to me, that's just like the 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 precursor for you know, yeah, eating disorders later in life. So so yeah fascinating. Well, this has been wonderful. I've I've learned a lot, and just you you've kind of opened my eyes on on just you know, different ways of, of thinking about food, right? Thinking about healthy food, because for like I said, for me, it's, it's like a given because that's, that's just how I was raised. But I realized that um, that is not for everybody. So I and I really appreciate the work that you're doing to to bring awareness um, about that to to families. Uh, and one thing I did, I when you were talking about, um, you know, we we have things stacked up against us. I've been living uh, here, so we, we're we're in the same area in, in San Diego, California, for twenty four years now. And let me tell you, the food landscape has changed drastically in 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 a very positive way. When I first moved here, we were very challenged to find, you know. Um, options, and then we're you know we're cheese lovers and and so forth, and there was nothing, and now it's just there's such a great variety of foods. I mean, you know, just right here in my neighborhood, I have like three very different uh, uh, grocery stores with you know fresh fruits and vegetables and and so forth. So I do I do believe that there is an awareness and. Um, that we're evolving in the right direction. 
I, I wholeheartedly agree. And we are definitely where we're located. We are very fortunate because I've also seen that same evolution and it's continuing on that trajectory. And so we are definitely very fortunate. My mom moved from here recently and she's somewhere else where it's not like that anymore. But, um, and so that's one of the big things that she does miss now. Um, but you can still find find options out there that are that are better than the ones that we naturally want to gravitate towards. Right, right. Um, so you mentioned you have two children. I do. I've got a seven-year-old little boy and a three-year-old little girl. Okay. So I'd like to um, kind of end our, our our time together with a more personal question, if I may. Sure. So with your seven-year-old, so if you were to think back to eight years ago when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? I think the what I would definitely tell myself eight years ago is to listen to your intuition, listen to your gut, and it's okay to do what you know is best for your kid. So long as you're being info- you're well informed, but yes, listen to your intuition. It's okay mm. if other people disagree. Right, beautiful, beautiful. Any any closing words that you would like to leave our listeners with today? I would just like to say that if you are out there trying to raise healthy kids and it's challenging, you're not alone. It's it's definitely, there are a lot of things that are stacked up against you, but it, it can be done and it starts with you. And so, and you can absolutely do it. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Tamiko, for this lovely conversation and for, for a lot of inspiration to be healthy. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.